I'm Sharon Betters, and this is the Help and Hope podcast produced by Mark Inc. Ministries. And our vision for Mark Inc. is to offer help and hope, especially to hurting people. And one of the ways we do that is we tell redemption stories. We have conversations with people who have experienced really hard places in their life where they have sometimes been in isolation, sometimes it's because of decisions they've made, and sometimes it's through no fault of their own. It could be a chronic illness or caregiving or adultery, uh, you name it. I think we've probably covered it with a story of redemption where each person has been able to say, in spite of it all and in the middle of it all, the Lord has been faithful. One of the ways that we want to come alongside also people who are hurting through stories that not only help us better understand that hurting person, but also equip those who love them to come alongside of them. We want to also showcase some of the, I would call them disciplines of grace, but they're building blocks in a person's life that will better equip them for those hard places, but also for everyday life and really are life changers. And one of those topics, which we're gonna be talking about today with Christina Fox is the fear of the Lord. And uh, we'll get into that, but I have to say for myself, I, growing up, fear of the Lord, I never really quite understood it, but I thought it meant to be scared of God. And you can imagine that really impacts the way you make decisions, if that's your uh, attitude toward God. So Christina Fox is our guest today. She has written a book called A Holy Fear. Christina is a trained counselor. She is a prolific writer. She has written more books than I know. I mean, every time I turn around, Christina, there's a new book that you've written or an article or an interview. You're just amazing to me to see how God has equipped you to offer the help and hope of the gospel and to really give us a toolbox for uh, walking by faith. So Christina, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Christina, I mentioned in the introduction that The fear of the Lord, I think, can be confusing. And I think that for myself, I remember growing up that I interpreted what I heard at church, doesn't mean this is what they told me, that to fear God meant that if I submitted myself to the Lord, then he would demand that I give up everything that was important to me in order to prove that I loved him. So having that kind of perception of him, that was fear. But is that the fear of the Lord that you're talking about? It is not. So when we talk about the fear of the Lord, theologians often use the terms servile fear and filial fear to show that there's two different kinds of the fear of the Lord. Because I, too, you know, grew up in the church. And whenever I would hear that phrase, fear the Lord, I took it to mean that I better stay in line or God was out to get me. You know, in learning about this topic myself and writing the book, I appreciated understanding that there are two different kinds of fear. So the first is called servile fear. It's the kind of fear that a prisoner might have toward their jailer or a slave to their master. You know, they, they obey or do what they're supposed to do because they're afraid of getting in trouble. And so that's kind of their motivation. That's the kind of fear that unbelievers would have of God. But the other kind of fear, filial fear, that word filial comes from the Latin meaning son. And so it's a reminds us of family and of sonship. 
And so this filial fear is the kind of fear that believers have of God. Those of us who are saved by God's grace, it's the kind of fear that a child would have for their parent where they want to please them because they, they love their, their mom or their dad. So it's a kind of fear that's rooted in love. First, God's love for us. And secondly, our love for him. I do appreciate how Sinclair Ferguson defines this filial fear as the indefinable mixture of reverence and pleasure, joy and awe, which fills our hearts when we realize who God is and what he has done for us. It is a love for God, which is so great that we would be ashamed to do anything which would displease or grieve him. And it makes us happiest when we're doing what pleases him. So this kind of fear really reminds us of our adoption as sons and daughters of the father. Um, as our father, God cherishes us and he wants what's best for us. And he ensures that the best happens for us. And he's a good father. So I would say, you know, in response to what you were describing from your own growing up years, that God is not out to get us. He is not like a jailer that we have to obey out of fear of punishment because he expended his punishment on his son at the cross and there is no more wrath left for us. There's only grace. So I think it's helpful to understand this distinction between servile fear and filial fear and to remember that we are not slaves, but sons and daughters. Well, as I'm thinking about uh, what the difference that makes, that's I love that quote and I love that very clear definition or defining of those two terms. You talk in your book about lesser fears. What do you mean by that? And how would identifying those lesser fears help someone like me as a young woman? I, I'm 73 now, but back when I was a, uh, much, much younger, when I feared that God had a big stick ready to hit me if I was going to belong to him, identifying those lesser fears, would that help me to determine whether or not I have a biblical view of the fear of the Lord? Yeah, I use that phrase, lesser fears, really in contrast to the fear of the Lord. So anything else that we fear, apart from fearing God, is I guess what I would categorize as a lesser fear. And we can fear all sorts of things. Um, we can fear circumstances. We can fear the future. We can fear harm. We can fear what other people think of us or say about us, or we can fear failure. The list of things and possibilities are endless. And I think it's helpful to really think about how the Bible talks about fear and having a good grasp of the relationship between the two commands that we often see in scripture, where it says, do not fear, and then fear the Lord. It seems like those two things are... I don't know, like they have no relationship and that they're contradictory, that there's just nothing that we could see between the two of them. But there is a, a relationship that the Bible uses between the two and often will say, don't fear this, but fear God instead. And so we see that one example is in the book of Matthew in chapter 10, where Jesus is about to send out his disciples to go out on their own to preach the gospel without him. And, and he tells them, you know, these things are going to happen. You're going to be persecuted. People are going to hate you. You know, you could even die, but 
don't fear that, fear God instead. And then he goes on to say, immediately after that, he reminds them of how God watches over the sparrows that fall from the sky, and he knows the number of hairs on their head. Just really reminding them of God's providential care for them, and that they're much more important than the creation. And so I think that it's important that we understand what God is calling us to, is to turn from those lesser fears to the fear of the Lord. And so that's uh, kind of what I unpack in the book is really helping to define what it means to fear the Lord, uh, what it looks like in our lives and how we live it out in the face of fear, because all those things that we could fear aren't going away. We live in a fallen world and we just need to be prepared and equipped, as you said. Well, I'm thinking of a young woman. She's older now, but she got pregnant and married the father of her baby. And after about 10 years or so, he left and she was on her own as a single mother. He gave her very little support. So there are lots of reasons for her to be fearful. Uh, But one of the things that she said was, is God punishing me because of the mistakes I made, the choices I made when I was younger, the choices that got me into this situation? Is he punishing me? How would you help her identify those, that lesser fears? Like what are some of those lesser fears that are running her, you know, that are ruling her? How would you help her identify that? And then how would you help her understand the difference in what the fear of the Lord is talking about? It's that contrast that you were just talking about. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine the emotions and fears that someone would experience in that situation of just what do I do? I mean, how, how am I going to take care of myself and, and my child and just all the, the emotional turmoil? And I mean, so I, I don't know exactly what fear she's experiencing, um, perhaps fear of the future, of just the unknown of how am I going to, will I have enough? Will I be enough? Am I enough, you know, for my child and all of those things? And I think what over and over when we read all those commands in scripture, because there's so many commands that say, don't fear, God provides us with the reason why. And he says, look, look to me, I'm, I'm greater. And that's really what we need to do in the face of any kind of fearful circumstance, the unknown, the potential for not having enough, not being enough of seeing that God is is greater than all that and that he holds everything. He has everything. He is everything. And that's what over and over again, we see in scripture is God showing himself to be greater for us. And that we can bring those fears, those emotions, that those difficult trials to the throne of grace. We have access to him because of Jesus. And we can say, God, I'm left alone. This is what's happened to me. I I don't have what I need. I feel like you've abandoned me. We can say things like that. And then we can ask him for help and we can trust in him to be our our provider, you know, because as Paul said in Romans, if, if God gave up his only son, Jesus, how much more can we trust him to provide for us in, in our other circumstances? And, and so that's why I focus on helping to unpack really what that fear of the Lord is, because it's, it's so much, even it's even bigger than what we're often told the definition is. If you were to ask, you know, what does fear of the Lord mean? People say, well, it means reverence. Well, that's true. It does mean that, but it's even more than that, because as you read 
examples of the fear of the Lord in the Bible, you see that it it encompasses awe and wonder, reverence and worship, love and adoration, trust. What God is calling us to is, is to is to love him and to see him as greater than anything else. I'm thinking about that woman who is listening and hearing us say that God is bigger than this and he he loves her more than she can imagine. He's beyond description, the the mercy that he's given to us as his children. But how I can imagine her saying, but how do I get from being afraid, feeling condemned to that place where I I freely go to him with my needs, expecting that he's going to meet them, looking for him in the mundane moments of life, realizing that those are, you know, those are the places where he's going to come close. How do you get from that point, from from that terror, condemnation, to that place where you're starting to trust? Maybe, I mean, it's just, just a little bit, I'm starting to trust, I'm not totally there, but how would you help this woman move to that thinking about the fear of the Lord? This is a journey and it's certainly one that I'm on myself as I, I face my own daily fears, my own daily doubts, challenges in life. And I would say the same is true of me as, you know, as it would be of someone that you're talking about that uh, we have to preach the gospel to ourselves. Sometimes it's moment by moment. It's certainly on a daily basis of, really reminding ourselves who Jesus is for us and what he did for us. And sometimes I just, when I'm in the middle of a challenging circumstance, I stop and I say, well, what does the gospel say about this thing right here? This conflict I'm having with someone, this stressful encounter, this trial, what does the gospel say to it? And then I I really preach preach to myself. I, I remind myself, God sent his son to take on human flesh, to live in this terrible, dark world where he experienced all the same things that we are going through, but he didn't sin. And he was the perfect sacrifice. And he died on the cross and took all of this for me so that I'm free. And he rose from the grave so that one day I will too. And, and he sent his spirit to be with me right now. I, I have access to my savior through the spirit any moment of the day he knows what i'm thinking and what i'm feeling and when i can't even muster up the words to say to pray he's praying for me so i, I remind myself of those things in those moments and sometimes every day yeah i was thinking that of sometimes it's like it's minute by minute depending on the crisis or if you're in a deep depression if your spouse has been unfaithful, if you've lost your job, you don't know how you're going to pay your bills. It's a minute by minute process. And I, I appreciate you saying that for you in your own life and for me in my own life too, that in those moments that I'm thinking about those lesser fears, when I'm experiencing those lesser fears and how that's the moment to say, wait, what does, what does God's word say about this? What does the Bible say about this? And so I I think about that woman and to say to her, don't feel like a failure or discouraged if you falter. You know, like you said, we can we can lament, we can cry out to the Lord, and and that's the time to say, I don't get this, I don't understand that I'm trying to trust you, but I still have my bills to pay. 
So the Bible, um, as you said, it gives us a lot of examples of fearing the different kinds of fear, but also the perks of fearing the Lord in the biblical way. And in Proverbs, it says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. How, how does that apply in the mundane moments of life? That's true. There are um, so many blessings. Our fears, you know, when you think about what do our fears promise us? I mean, they promise us more heartache. <laughs> they promise us more fear. They, they certainly can't promise us deliverance. But when we read God's word and we read all these promises that say, for those who fear the Lord, I, you know, God says, I promise deliverance. I promise satisfaction. I promise hope. I promise rescue. Um, all these things that uh, his presence with us that he will train us, that he will teach us, that he will be our friend. He promises friendship with us. All these things um, for those who fear him. And um, that's really given me a lot of hope. And then in the mundane, you know, the bio, that is a kind of the, probably one of the first Bible verses I ever memorized that had to do with the fear of the Lord was that, you know, the fear of the Lord begins there with wisdom. And those two things are really intertwined, the fear of the Lord and wisdom, because the more that we fear the Lord, we, we gain wisdom and, and he is the source of wisdom. And so even in the day to day, when we struggle with, you know, what do I do with this? How am I going to do that? We have access to the one who is, who is only wise. So we can not only find his wisdom in the word, but we can pray and, and seek his wisdom in those moments. And, you know, really. It's just an ongoing conversation all day long of asking God for, for help in all, even the little things and, um, and to know that it's there for us. There is a scripture where David is talking about the fear of the Lord, and he says, uh, strengthen ourselves in the fear of the Lord. As uh, we're wrapping up, and I just want you to know, those of you who are listening, I'm talking with Christina Fox, and she has written a book called A Holy Fear, and we are just touching the tip of the iceberg of what is in this book. And maybe as you've been listening, you've realized that there is so much more that Christina has to offer us on this topic. And so I hope that you'll get a copy of that book. But as we wrap up, Christina, I would like to think about that verse for a minute of those practical ways, and you've touched on them, those practical ways that we can strengthen ourselves in the fear of the Lord. Hey, I'm glad that you mentioned David because he is a great example of one who, who lived out the fear of the Lord in the face of lesser fear. We look at some of his uh, Psalms, 27, 57 are two of my favorites where, you know, he is dealing with real fear, real terror, you know, people are out to get him, they they want him dead, and, and he's on the run, and he cries out to the Lord, and he prays, so that's a practical thing, he prays, he asks the Lord for help, he, he remembers, he recalls God's character, he reminds himself of who God is, and so, and, and as you read these Psalms, you'll see him refer to God's steadfast love, to uh, the fact that he's a refuge, um, that he is his deliverer, that he's his salvation, and he and he prays through that. He, he reminds himself of who God is, what He's done for him in the past, and he worships the Lord right there in the midst of his fears. See, I mean, truly seeing God is greater in the midst of his fears, and 
so practically for us, you know, in, in the, in the moment of fearful circumstances, we pray, we, we recall the word, we study the word. I think we also uh, remember the importance of the fellowship uh, with other saints, uh, where we reach out to brothers and sisters in Christ and we ask them to intervene with us. I have people that I text and say, hey, I'm just, I'm out of sorts today. I'm not doing well. And immediately they'll respond and, and tell me something that's true and remind me of the gospel and, and God, God has done for me. And fellowship, not only in that sense, but also in worship and with the body of believers. Uh, that's such an important aspect to living out the fear of the Lord because they're you know, on Sunday morning, as we're gathered together, we're reminded of God's amazing grace for us. I, I love your encouragement to remember, to remember that David, you point that out, that David remembered, he kept remembering God's past faithfulness and what God had done. And those of you who are listening, you may be a new Christian, you may not even know Jesus, but once you know him, and you're starting at the very beginning of your journey, what can you remember? You may look at your life and say, well, I, I don't have any memories like that. Well, you can remember what Jesus did, that he came to earth. He lived as a man when he was perfect. He didn't sin. He, he died a horrible, horrible death. And then he rose again. And he did all of this to give us salvation, to forgive us of our sins, to cleanse us, to give us freedom. And so start there. Start there remembering if God did this for us, as we can read that through the scriptures, if, if God did this for us, can we not trust him to keep all of his promises? And so I, um, I hope that those of you who are listening will understand how, how, what a gift it is to have a biblical understanding of the fear of the Lord. And I hope that our conversation has whet your appetite for more because I want to highly recommend Christina's book. And we'll have a way for you to connect with Christina on our website and links to her book and a little bit more information there. But as we, as we wrap up, Christina, you have another book coming out. So tell us about this because it's a little bit different than the ones you have written so far. Yes, I do. It is a children's book. It's called Tell God How You Feel. And it's a discipleship resource for parents to use with their children to help them learn to identify and verbalize and voice their emotions to God in prayer, just as David did in the book of Psalms. My hope is that children will grow up seeing the Psalms and God's word and prayer as, as uh, an important um, thing for them to turn to when they are struggling with their emotions. We will also put a link, you can pre-order Christina's book or you can order it by the time you hear this, you'll be able to order it. So uh, we'll put a link to the new book as well on our website at markinc.org. I'm Sharon Batters, and you have been listening to the Help and Hope podcast produced by Mark Inc. Ministries. And my guest today has been Christina Fox, and we've been talking about the fear of the Lord. And I want to highly recommend her book, A Holy Fear. We have information on our website at markinc.org. That's M-A-R-K-I-N-C.org. There you're going to find lots of free resources that will offer you the help and hope of the gospel. We have stories of redemption of people just like you, just like me, who have experienced excruciating pain and circumstances. And yet, as they've journeyed through that, 
the Lord has been right there with them and they give him all that praise for his faithfulness. What an encouragement to us. Many people have said, I don't think I'll ever experience what they experienced, but their story gives me hope that the Lord will be faithful to me. We also have Anchored Hope Biblical Counseling. This is an online counseling ministry where you don't have to leave your home. You can make an appointment. You go to our website, make an appointment with the counselor of your choice, meet with that counselor. We have uh, the people that have sought counseling through Anchored Hope have just been thrilled with the biblical emphasis. Uh, these are biblical counselors and I just check it out. If you're struggling, you have a friend that's struggling, Anchored Hope Biblical Counseling. Again, this is Sharon Betters from markinc.org. I hope that you will check out our website and I hope that you will follow us, subscribe to our podcast, and I look forward to being with you again.